Voyage. I rolled one of the kilo-filled bags over me, like a lead blanket. As the dealer's bullets tore into one of the keys, turning everything temporarily white, I unlocked the door and bailed out onto my back, taking cover underneath the sedan just as the cavalry arrived. In a matter of seconds, the three of us were cuffed and face down on the ground. I was swooped up by agents, shoved in the back of a sheriff's car, and driven off site. Hey, you okay? Nothing a few drinks can't cure. Christ. Wanna hurt those shots? You did great. We get that guy to open up, <laughs> could be a gold mine. And if he decides he doesn't recognize the sound of his own voice? It won't go that way. What if it does? Then we make your day in court as quick and as painless as possible. Like I don't have a big enough target on my back. Listen, I... We have your back. Always. Yeah. You're doing great work, Hal. How's the thing with Ivan looking? Ivan was ex-Spetsnaz. My way into the Russian Mafia in Detroit. Through a connection down in Bogota. After the Soviet Union dissolved, guys like Ivan found their way to Colombia and went to work for the cartels. One of Mike's colleagues, a senior guy out of Denver, wanted Ivan. Bad. I was in the middle of wrangling a deal that could help the DEA strike a huge blow to the Colombian cartel and deliver several indictments, including Ivan, all without blowing my cover. In theory, anyway. Good. Should come together by the end of the month. How much? One thousand. Keys? For starters. According to Ivan's guy. <sighs> that motherfucker is going down. Wait, this one's shaping up. One of us definitely is. Listen, are you sure you're okay? I keep seeing him reach into the glove compartment for that 38. When's the last time you took a day off? Calendar's been kind of full. When's the last time you talked to your wife? Randy reached out. Says she hasn't heard from you in three weeks. You got a wife. <laughs> Barely, at this point. You know how it is. She's been through enough already. Not like I can just take off my work clothes, jump in the shower, and, hey, honey, what's for dinner? Look, man, take a few days. You know what? No. Take a week. Do what you need to do. But go see Randy. Tell her you just made... 25K. Maybe I'll wait till the check clears. I'm still waiting on that 30000 from the thing in Tucson. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the fees for you. Look, I'll make sure that 25 k is in your account by Friday. You worry about you, man. Sometimes it took a whole tank full of gas before I could even start to get out of my head. Not this time. As soon as I felt the wind resistance, the vibration of my sled beneath me, there's nothing like the freedom a man feels when he's on his bike out amongst the elements. Back when we first met, Randy rode with me all the time. We'd pick a destination and go. We got caught in a storm once, wide-knuckling it back from Walla Walla for three hours. Her arms wrapped around me so tight I thought maybe I'd crack a rib. She never complained. I missed those days. I missed her. It used to take me a day to clear myself of the stench living in Pat Kelly's world. I needed to leave all that garbage behind before I came back to Randy. But the longer I was under, the more intense the ops got, the harder it was to recall what it was like to live in Hal Bradley's world. I checked into a motel out in the high desert, called Randy and told her to meet me in a couple days. I shut my eyes and next thing I knew, 
I'm not dreaming, am I? Nope. I'm really here. The question is, are you? I miss this. Yeah? Just this, huh? You look good, baby. <laughs> you look... beat up. <laughs> oh, what happened to your back? I fell. Getting out of a car. While it was moving? Looks worse than it feels. Well, it looks awful. I think you're actually starting to grow into this face. Or maybe it's just starting to grow on me. Guy work said he didn't care for my mullet. I love your mullet. This goatee situation, on the other hand. <laughs> more I look the part, easier it is to play. What's it like? Being two different people. Exhausting. I don't know how anyone could live like this. Uh, they're called actors and politicians, and they get paid very handsomely. I'm getting 25k for the latest op. Is that enough? Well, beats rotting away in a state penitentiary making 35 cents an hour punching license plates. It's just... It doesn't sound like an awful lot, considering. You're the one sticking his neck out, right? You're the one taking all the risk. You think I don't know that? They've got me wearing a wire, like I'm a C.I. Isn't that dangerous? Don't they frisk you, these guys you're meeting and dealing with? I've had to talk my way out of a couple situations. If one of these ever goes to trial, only way it sticks is if I show up to corroborate. How can they ask you to do that? How can they expect you to just- Because the DEA needs wins more than it needs me. But what's the point of going through all of this? The surgery, changing your identity? Because I owe- Oh who? Who do you owe, Hal? Huh? The government? The DEA? The Lord? You wouldn't understand. I do understand. We've talked about this. You've done things, broken laws, things I will probably never know about. But I know you. I know what's in your heart. God knows what's in your heart. You're a good man. I want to be a better one. Honey, that's everybody. You of all people know that. All we can do is walk in his path, try every day to be better than we were yesterday. But this... When will it be enough, Hal? I'm working on something. Big. Mike said it could be worth double what I've been getting. It's worth nothing if you don't make it back alive. I wish you wouldn't worry so much. I'm pregnant, Hal. How long? Ten weeks. Boy or girl? Boy. Uh, you alright? Yeah. I can't tell if you're happy or what. I'm happy. I'm very happy. Just promise me when this is all over, you'll come back to us as the man I married, not this other person. For once I wasn't lying. I couldn't believe I was going to be a father, that we were going to be a family. The work I was doing suddenly felt that much more important. Like I was truly helping make the world a better place for my boy to grow up in. 
Mark's bosses finally agreed to let us do a money flash to keep Ivan's Colombian on the hook, with DEA posing as my Canadian buyers. We hosted Ivan, the Colombian's associate, and his bodyguard on a 250-foot yacht with documentation tying it back to a corporation that would show my buyers as legit underworld players. While we were whining and dining them cartel-style, a boat pulled up at one point and tossed a duffel bag on board filled with cash. The flash money needed so the Colombian could tell his boss he met with the main buyer, knew the money was real, and the deal could move ahead. It worked. While waiting for phase two of Operation Ivan, I worked a few other cases, including one that, well, I try to have no regrets about anything I've done. But best laid plans and all that. The grandson of a cartel jefe looking to establish a route up north happened to be in Detroit. One of Mike's undercover colleagues reached out. This was a prized target, and he'd only be in the U.S. for 48 hours, for a wedding. I agreed to host a sit-down at my house and help seal the deal, posing as the UC's well-connected cousin. Within hours, the DEA had my place completely wired. I didn't like playing it so tight, but then it wasn't my op. During the meet, I was able to get the guy to relax. I may have been faking who I was, but not what I was. Anyone who'd lived the life knew how to accomplish things no government agent ever could. We moved on to terms and conditions, deciding on a test run of 10 kilos. I gave him the number of one of my soldiers, actually a DEA agent, and shook hands. The UC called later to say they'd set up the run so I didn't need to be involved. Within 24 hours, the guy was in custody and looking like he'd play ball, so I wouldn't need to testify. But then... What do you mean he escaped? I mean, someone got to somebody because his bus broke down en route to Marion, and a kill team swooped in, snatched him, and left nine bodies. You've got a leak. That's not your problem. You just told me this guy, this very well-connected guy I was drinking tequila with in my house on Saturday night is in the wind. I'd say it is very much my problem. You know as well as I do, he's lit out for the border. Probably just pulling into Juarez as we speak. And what about the kill team? My honest opinion? They came, they grabbed, they're gone. But you tell me what you want me to do. I want you to fix your leaky boat. I hear you. Look. Let's get you moved. Is this what I have to look forward to the rest of my life? Ideally, no. How? I know how much you sacrificed. Nobody on my team takes for granted the risk you've taken. I promise you, your safety remains of the highest priority for the agency, and for me personally. I believe the latter. To the DEA, the Fed's customs, I was more or less expendable. Still, our plan to challenge and cripple Ramon's distribution network was working. As Pat Kelly, I was moving as much as 600 keys a month for the Russians, and in turn siphoning at least 10 million in business away from the cartel. Meanwhile, having originally set up the cartel's U.S. operations, the intel I provided led to a series of raids and seizures worth over 50 million. My faith had taught me to resist the need, the urge for revenge. Avenge not yourselves, leave room for his wrath. For it is written, Vengeance belongs to me, and I shall repay, saith the Lord. And yet, couldn't help thinking about it. Turns out Ramon was thinking about me too, only he didn't realize it. <laughs> You're definitely on Ramon's radar. He wants to be in the Pat Kelly business. And we know this because? Gennaro. They greenlit him to set up a meeting between you and Ramon's guy in LA. Uh, I believe you know each other? 
Antonio, my old friend. I didn't know which direction he'd gone in. He had a brother-in-law in Panama who excelled at growing primo weed, but sucked at business, and once I was gone, I wondered if he might find his way down there. Then again, when it comes to the cartel, nobody leaves. He called my ghost line now and then. Sometimes he hung up, sometimes he left long, meandering messages that seemed almost like confessionals. It was just something in his voice, like he wanted to tell me something. And at that moment, what it was telling me was I had a chance. Liking you seems too risky. So wherever it goes down, it's gotta be somewhere public. Somewhere we can put a team close enough to- Let me go in alone. You're kidding, right? I can talk to him, me and him. We've been through some shit. How do you think he'll react when he finds out that you're you? Hmm? I expect he'll be pretty surprised. <laughs> yeah, no shit, right? But he'll listen to me. I might even be able to get him to flip, but not if it smells like a setup. What about bodyguards? No way a guy like that rolls solo to a meet with a player like Pat Kelly. Let me worry about that. You realize there is zero chance my boss signs off on this scenario, right? Even if there's a chance it leads to the DEA gaining another asset? He would need to be convinced that's the only possible outcome. Shit, and even then I'd say it's maybe 50-50. You trust me, right? Well, of course, but, but that's not- Then you believe me when I say I can flip Antonio, which means you can convince your boss. Shit. I'll take it to him, but... He did. As expected, his boss would not authorize the meet until we agreed to let a DEA team provide surveillance and backup. The meet was set for the following week in Los Angeles, location TBA. I decided to arrive a little early. The ride to LA gave me time to consider exactly how I was going to play it with Antonio, what I was going to say. After deciding to shake hands with the DEA, I intended to explain my exit strategy and help him avoid going down with the ship. But then Ramon forced my hand and, well, here we were. Historically, Antonio always listened to me even if he didn't like what I had to say. Like back in 83 when I had to advise him on his dating life. One hell of a rock you got, Gloria. No shit, huh? How much that set you back? Never mind the setting. You know how much they charge for just the stones? I'll tell you, $6,000, right? I'm telling you, man. Be glad you got yourself a nice, old-fashioned American girl with simple tastes. Apparently you're buying her new boobs, too. Huh. Ah, uh, yeah. Also something about getting a tummy tuck and thigh gap? She thinks if she goes from a B to a D and gets some fat vacuumed out of her ass, she's gonna be a game show hostess or some shit. Can't imagine what that'll run you. Tell me about it. Whatever keeps them happy. Am I right? Like the two weeks in Tahiti? Jesus. She can't keep a lid on anything. About that. You're not thinking about getting serious with this girl, are you? Nah, you know me, amigo. I'm just having fun. Hmm. Mm? What? Mm. Hey, man, we've known each other way too long for this beating around the bushes shit. You've got something you need to say, say it. Loose lips sink ships. Right. You hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Anything else? You need to stop spending money, the existence of which you can't explain. Let me worry about my own shit, okay? That girl is either going to bleed you dry or blow your shit up. The rate she's going, likely both. She's a risk neither of us can afford, Antonio. Meaning? Meaning you need to cut her loose. This Ramon talking or you talking? It's me talking, so he doesn't have to so we don't end up in another Durango situation. Durango? 
Shit, man. Go to Tahiti. Have a nice time. When the two weeks are up, you drop a bomb. There's another woman. I don't see a future with you. Whatever. But end it. Trust me. What is that, a threat? I don't do it, you do her? This is fucked up, man. What if it was Randy, huh? What if I came to you and was like, sorry, bro, Ramon says you gotta call it quits with Randy or else. You're telling me you'd be okay with it? No, but if it meant the survival of our business, I'd accept it. That is some cold shit, man. Some cold motherfucking shit. In the end, he knew I was right. And I knew he'd rather hear it from me than Ramon. I believe in honesty is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Antonio trusted me because I'd never lied to him. In turn, that's how I knew I could trust Antonio. Or at least I could when we were partners. But what was I walking into now? Sure, Gennaro could vouch for me, but Ramon's ego would never allow a competitor like Pat Kelly to share in his spoils, which meant at the least he was sending Antonio to suss me out. Or more likely to take me out. I needed to make Antonio see that beneath the new face, new name, new life, we were still hermanos. That the bond between us was not and never would be broken. A bond forged in blood. It was 1982. The business of cocaine was booming. Some of our competitors started getting ballsy at the same time some of our employees started getting sloppy. A bit of blow disappearing for personal use now and then was an accepted cost of doing business. But loads started getting lighter. Then one worth two and a half million never reached its destination. I told Ramon I'd handle it on my end, but in this business, someone must be held accountable. So I was not surprised two weeks later when Antonio and I were summoned to Mexico. I was surprised, however, when the soldados who picked us up at the airport drove us not to Ramon's place in Sinaloa, but out into the desert. The pit in my stomach grew the further away we got from anywhere familiar, until finally we pulled over, in the middle of nowhere, in Durango. Oye, ¿por qué nos detenemos? Algo que tienes que ver. One of them grabbed an AK from the back of the Jeep and they walked us into the desert. Antonio kept looking at me, but I wouldn't look back as if that might somehow deny the inevitability of what was about to happen. Then, as we rounded a boulder, there were two more soldados, each with a pistol. They stood behind two men on their knees. I could hear their exhausted pleas coming from the sweat-soaked black bags covering their heads. These men have stolen from Amon. For this, they are to be punished. Tie us to armas. Kill them. What? Kill them. Or we leave four bodies instead of two. Shit. I think I'm gonna throw up. Bien hecho, amigos. Welcome to the cartel. I never saw their faces, but... Sometimes they appear to me. Out of the darkness. Maybe one, maybe both. And then sometimes... Sometimes there are too many to count. Heavenly Father. We thank you for your sacrifices, for the chance you bestow upon us here today and with each new day to be embraced by your love and to better ourselves, so that in the end we stand before you and seek your judgment. 
we may ask humbly for your mercy, that you cleanse me from all unrighteousness and grant me passage into your kingdom. What sort of a man can commit such acts and still call himself a child of God? Antonio. When I got to LA, I scouted his old spot in Redondo, but he moved. So I stalked all the old haunts, stash houses, bars, clubs, taquerias. Antonio loved this one place in Lomita. The owner was originally from Culiacan, made the best sopes I've ever tasted. Antonio couldn't get enough of them. The seat taken? Who the fuck? Tranquilo, amigo. Tranquilo. Come in peace. As he stared at me, mouth half full, there was a moment. I thought maybe he'd recognize my voice. Are you serious? Coming at me in public like this? Not like that, brother. Trust me. I'm putting it away. See? You're early. Meets not until tomorrow. I want to talk. Just the two of us. Hey, maybe shit like this flies in Detroit, but not in LA. I'm not- Technically, it's Lomita. Huh. So you've got jokes. How the fuck do you find me? Huh? Finally, I removed my shades so he could see my eyes. Because you're a creature of habit, Antonio, and you never could get enough of Graciela Sopes. What the fuck is this? How? Yeah, brother. It's me. I managed to convince him to let me order a couple beers and explain, well, everything. Gradually, the color returned to his face, but I still felt his resistance. Whether it was to the idea that I was Pat Kelly or that I was still alive, I wasn't sure. So you're telling me you're one of the good guys now? More like I'm working for the good guys. Eh, I think they got a word for that. It's not like that. He tried to kill me, Antonio. Twice. Tried to kill you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't blame you for staying with him. You did what you had to. You're still standing. And now look at you. An El Capitan. It's still Ramon's cartel, amigo. It will always be Ramon's cartel. Not for much longer. I promise you, he's going down. And you will go down with him unless you let me help you. <laughs> Shit. This is so... I mean, I know it's your voice, amigo, but... <sighs> Antonio, look in my eyes. It's me. Look, no wire, nobody's waiting outside, nobody knows I'm here. All those messages, I heard you. God heard you. I'm here for you. Yeah. You and the good Lord gonna save my soul, hermano? That was always part of the plan. You have to believe me. But then Ramon went and made it personal, and now... I want to help you. How? You gonna cut a deal with your new buddies at the DEA for me? These guys, it's kind of a quid pro quo situation. If you think I'm gonna testify against Ramon, I... Never. But you gotta work with them. Otherwise, you will go to jail. You understand me? The meat. Shit, man. He wanted us to take you out. Told me to take you out. I'm sorry, man. 
I've been going over it in my head the last two days. I told Goyo he might need You're sending Goyo with you? And Mando. For a guy who really wants me dead, you'd think he'd supply you with better hitters. <laughs> yeah, well... I don't think I could have done it. Yeah, you could have. I know you, brother. You're a survivor. I guess that makes two of us. After that, we ordered one more round, then another. He apologized at least five more times for what he might have done, didn't do, could have done. Little by little, I was able to talk some sense into him. It was clear he still trusted me. And by the end of the night, instead of telling him he had no choice, I got him to feel like he'd made the decision on his own. So, what do we do about the meat? You show up as expected, you and the B team. Then I reach out through my guy who tells you to tell him if he's serious, he can come to Detroit, meet me in person. Oh, he'll love that. And when you call me in 36 hours... On the ghost line? I want you to tell me exactly how dead I am, according to Ramon Garcia. Every curse, every detail. By then, I'll have talked to Agent Scott about this conversation. He'll rip me a new one, and then we can get down to discussing the details of Operation Free Antonio. Thank you, amigo. I hadn't planned on Antonio being in the middle of everything. But his loyalty to Ramon was the thing that would bring us one step closer to freedom. I could start to taste it now. I got an earful from Agent Scott about protocol and communication, but in the end, he trusted me, my instincts. Not that he had much choice. The meeting came and went. The next day, I waited for Antonio's call. And the next. Gennaro poked around his sources. I suspected Antonio had been called down to Mexico. Three days later, my suspicions were confirmed. Any news on Antonio? <sighs> yeah, Gennaro finally tracked him down. I knew it before he even said it. Stash house, south of the border. Sulfuric acid, sodium hydroxide, stir for eight hours. And a barrel. Until all that's left are teeth, nails, and some bone fragments. <sighs> I'm sorry, Hal. Should have been me. You can't think like that. I didn't give him a choice. He made his choice when he continued to align himself with Ramon. He could have done what you did, but he chose to continue to profit off the misery of others. My hands are stained with his blood. Listen to me. The cartel did this. Ramon did this. What if they can never be washed clean? If you're asking, do I think you can pay back your debt to society? The answer is yes. Yes, I do. But if you're asking me if I think your soul can be redeemed or, or whatever, I'll leave that conversation for you and God. I'd already had that conversation back in 1987 and every day since. Accepting Christ's love is to know that our redemption was born of his sacrifice. What I sought was salvation, for only then would any of this have meaning, purpose. As Jesus gave his life for us, we must be willing to give ours for him. After Antonio's death, I wondered if my own might be the only proper sacrifice. I wondered if, in fact, this might be the only thing upon which God and Ramon might agree. It was less than 24 hours later when Randy's number appeared on my phone. Randy? How? No! Let go! Randy, tell me where you are. Randy, tell me where you are. Randy! Greetings from Kula Khan, Pastor Howe. The Lion's Den is a production of Voyage Media. The series is produced by Nat Mundell, Robert Midas, Dan Benamore, and Garrick Dion. Executive produced by Dr. Hal Bradley and Victor Mojica. Written and directed by Garrick Dion. Based on the pilot by Chuck Hussmeyer. 
in the book, A Fox in the Lion's Den by Dr. Hal Bradley. You can find the book and all of Dr. Hal Bradley's books at drhalbradley.com or on Amazon. Links are in the show notes. Starring Matt Horn as Hal, additional cast credits available in the show notes. Edited, sound designed, and mixed by Nick Missitti. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you're listening, and subscribe now for future episodes.